Life is good. Life is good. Uh, episode three. We're going to get a hang of this. We're getting into it, right? One week at a time. Good to have everyone back. <laughs> right. So, Deuce, why don't you uh, start off by telling us what we got coming up here in a couple weeks? Uh, so, we do we do have the showcase coming up in Orlando. Obviously, we're not completely uh, sure as to what's going on in the league. That's that's apparent. That's all we see in the in the in the in the posts on social media right now from the groups and whatnot. Uh, so, we're still going through with it. Obviously, they're still throwing the showcase, so we're still going to do the same exact thing we plan to go out support uh, and just show the love that we can bring to Orlando. So, if you guys are in the area and you're looking for something cool to do on what is October seventh. Um, come come down. We're gonna have tons of fun. We're gonna have you know food, drinks, uh, no alcohol. Again, I'll, I'll say that no alcohol. It will be held at Celebration High School. Uh, so definitely not that. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. If you're in the area, um, we have the event page up. Uh, you can find it on the Neon Green Mafia page. Go ahead and then if you're interested, hit interested. If you're going, please hit your going. We're trying to get some type of head count. So uh, so we know how much food. Obviously, we have to to bring with us. So do that man we're going to be giving prizes uh i think uh coach saul is going to be putting together some shirts uh maybe who knows what we're going to have cozies who knows we, can, we might have a few things so uh come check us out october 7th over there at celebration high school is you gonna kick us off though kick what is you. it we usually do in honor oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely see i almost forgot again uh where'd i put it yeah, man, i took a sip too Oops. Uh, i already have some in my cup are we doing an ASMR? Or? Yes, sir. Ready? All right, here it is. Ready? I didn't hear you. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. <laughs> that didn't work. Um, we got to work on our timing. <laughs> but uh, salute to you guys. If you have a drink, go ahead, crack it open. Come chill with us. Neon Green Mafia in the building. Um, salute to everybody that's been showing support, man. It's been a lot of love going on, a lot of feedback, and it's all great. Yep, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. So we can kind of elevate. Obviously, it's not going to look like this forever. We will be elevating, I'm assuming, <clears throat> microphones for the guys, things like that, to really give you the best quality we possibly can. Um, but in the meantime, in between time, please, if you haven't, gone over to the Neon Green Mafia page and followed, liked it. That would help a lot. The YouTube, please, please, please go over there and subscribe to it because we will be multi-streaming very, very shortly. Itty. Coach. Yeah, so we all know about the merger talks. We had a whole episode dedicated to it about, about it for a whole solid hour of us just talking about it. So we're actually going to look past it. We're going to wait until more information gets released to us. That way, we don't just dedicate a whole other episode talking about just pure speculations. We want more hardcore facts to bring to y'all. Once we get more information, um, we'll definitely... Once something comes that's concrete, we'll bring it back onto the episode. But for now, we're going to kind of just roll past it, go over um, a few different things. Mike will definitely lead us into it. Um, but I had a great weekend. I went to the Jaguars game. They got blown out by Houston, but <clears throat> that was fun. That was my first time ever at that stadium. It's a hot one. It's very hot over there. But other than that, it was, I had a good, good weekend. It's been, it's been a, it's been a great weekend. I got to watch my dolphins take a little Oof. mercy. Sounds crazy to say that. 
but they did have mercy on the Broncos because they sat Tua and several other starters in the fourth quarter. Still scored. And, yeah, they could have kicked the field goal at the end to take yeah. the regular season record, and he had mercy enough not to do it. That's what's crazy about it. Yeah. Backup quarterback, third string running backs, Waddle didn't play because he was out in concussion protocol. Nope. That is what's crazy. The Dolphins yeah. are a freight train. I'm excited for this season, but let's see. Deuce, uh, your Eagles did all right? You know, we did great. Uh, so we're improving steadily. Where Our defense looks great. Uh, Jalen Carter played well. Uh, but I got to say, man, Swift is looking phenomenal. And if they haven't made him RB1 yet, they're out of their mind. Gamewell, I love Gamewell. I, mean, I, I, I love Gamewell, and Gamewell's amazing. But when you're looking at that, these statistics, bro, and what his yards per carry are, it's insane. And really, he's not being stopped. And if he is, he runs them over a little bit, gets about four off it. Swift is an animal, absolute animal. If he can stay healthy, he's, he's a complete animal. What I love about that Philly, because my, uh, I got friends and and family that like Philly. What I like about Philly, oh line man, they are giving that boy alleyways, highways mm-hmm. to run through. I mean, they're just clearing, clearing great line. It out, <clears throat> great line. I mean, great line. It is. Awesome to watch. It's good football to watch. My Falcons absolutely sucked. Couldn't do anything. Desmond Ritter, <laughs> throw him away. He is trash. You um, can't do that with the guys that you have. I mean, uh, we have a bright future. That's about all I got on that one. <laughs> take a look at the comments section real quick. Uh, yeah, so Tyler had Tyler's- asked. Yeah, he'd ask, what, what's the show's about? about? My wife had answered with the XFL's uh, Orlando Guardians. Right. He said, nice. If they come back, I hope they have a better 2024. they definitely coming back, and we're definitely having a better 2024. I can't promise, but I could I could share my hopes and dreams. Uh, Tyler said, my Browns won over the Titans. Yes, the Dolphins should have tried to see if they could put up 100 on the Broncos. See, the thing is, I, we brought it up at work today. I think that with, um, with, with uh, Buddy being the ball boy back in the day, they think that he was like feeling, you know, let me not, let me not disrespect. And if that's the case, I can respect it. But at still, I feel like, man, go for the, go for the record, man. Go for the record. Yeah. I apologize that they cost you a bet, man. He said, your Falcons cost me a bet. Oh man. Listen, I am a Falcons fan. <clears throat> There's a long story to it. Maybe one day when we got time, I'll explain it. Um, but I wouldn't even bet on the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah, we Detroit know where you're going to win. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think they'd win like that, but I knew Detroit would win. But I mean, the beatdown that the Bears got, Jesus, oh, oh God. The Who do they see the, this week? The the Bears and... Oh, it's the Bears and the Broncos. Oh my God. The two worst teams in the league. <laughs> Bro, They're gonna. They said it's gonna be like the worst ticket. game like, that's ever I been even, played. This is the first week because we do. A, me and my wife do a confidence pool, and I'm first place right now at a 280, and I'm hoping to hold that. The problem is this week's matchups are kind of a bunch of them are just yeah. on the fence. I don't even know yeah. what to go with. Uh, my wife says, "How do you feel about the Toy Story animation they're doing?" That's a good question. Now we are on an I NFL. No, I mean, I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it just to see, but I think it should just be kind of like a one-off thing. Maybe once a year. It's interesting. I know they're trying to, I, I know they're just trying to grab more and more fans. If it gets kids know, interested, that, if it, if it gets kids more interested in football, I'm all the way for it. I don't know. I'm not really upset with it either way. Like I'm going to check it out to see what they're doing. Obviously, it's super AI generated or something like that. But I'm just more interested to see what the technology does to make it work. And uh, it could be it could be cool, but it also could be not. It could be super glitchy and not work well. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, let's reel it back in because it is a Guardian show. <laughs> embrace we the totally neon. Wanna, yes, embrace the neon. Bleed green. Embrace the neon. So, as Coach Head alluded to. We're going to kick right off into uh, second down here. We skip first down, but <laughs> second down, we're going to do a 2023 season review. Obviously, Guardians were one in nine, finished fourth in the South Division. But we'll dive into some numbers here and then, you know, we'll focus on the offense at first and then we can get into defense. But guys, 
I would say don't let me be too robotic here by just reading off. If there's something we need to stop and discuss here for a little bit, uh, just uh, let me know. So we'll kind of start off here with, as far as average points scored per game, the Guardians were sixth in the XFL, second in the South. So they were behind Houston in the South at 24.2, even though the Guardians themselves had 24 points per game. They were ahead of San Antonio. They're ahead of Arlington. San Antonio had 16.9, and Arlington was at 14.6. And for those that are wondering, these league rankings and statistics are right from XFL.com. As far as passing, the Guardians were second in the XFL, first in the South, the 2,311 behind the Sea Dragons at 2,630. Passing touchdowns, tied for third in the XFL, first in the South, 18, behind the Battle Hawks, 26, mm. and the Sea Dragons, 20. Receiving yards. So, oh, go ahead. Have at it. So, so here's the thing with with those stats, right? <clears throat> On the games, I'm looking at the schedule here, and the one thing I hate about stats is it doesn't oh, – I would love to see game by game. You know what I'm saying? There are teams where, like, we're playing the Vipers. It was a 32 to 35 fight. You're supposed to do that. Vipers were the worst team in their on their side. You know what I'm saying? But then you play a game against the Arlington Renegades and we lose nine to ten. I remember that game. That that was a heartbreaker. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when we were supposed to score, we scored, but we could not stop. If if the defense didn't stop the offense from scoring. I mean, I know this is, you know, very basic football here, but when they, they just couldn't stop, you know what I'm saying? When it, when we needed them to stand up and stop, it just wouldn't happen. Like you're, you know, the game with the roughnecks, man, they put 44 on us. They on us, you know, the game before the first game, they put 33. Then the next game they put 44. So we did worse, and that was a tough team. That was a tough team. But every time we played Arlington, I'm not going to lie, the first Arlington game we lost by one, and then the next one we lost by two. So it, we we put up points, but it was I think the defense was the biggest letdown this year with not allowing the opposing team to put up points. We We just couldn't stop. We couldn't. I know that it sounds dumbed down, but it just we couldn't stop them. That's exactly what we it was. couldn't stop them at all. And they would just get enough and then chill, get enough and then chill. I mean, the Battlehawks beat the snot out of us, but we did put up twenty eight, which was like like one of our most scored. <clears throat> Not really. That's my two cents. Yeah, so Tyler just jumped in. He said, "I think I think some of, if not all, the problem was the QB carousel. The defense is also lackluster." But absolutely, we we brought that up. I think was it episode two. It, if they would have just stuck with Dormady off the rip, we would have been fine. It was the back and forth. It was the unsure. It, it was it was definitely that was definitely definitely part of it. Um, but then he just reads the stat of what, what were we second? You say second in the league for passing. Yeah, passing yards was second in the league. First like in the so when you look at these stats, it doesn't even add up. Like it, the math ain't mathing. But like like Coach said, the, the defense would just allow, especially towards them last the last third quarter, fourth quarter, they would just start allowing. A, they got tired. I, I have to say, stamina probably played into it. Um, I don't know because yeah, if you look at if you look at the first three games, the first three games the Guardians played. It was the same MO scored in the first. We we were, I think we led the league for a little bit for scoring on their first drive. Yeah. And we would score in the first, do nothing after that, and then wouldn't score again until the fourth quarter. So the defense is out there pretty much the entire game. That's a stat I'd like to know. How long was that guardian defense out on the field on average? Because if you're talking, you're out there, you know, your offense. And I know because we would all boo. We were mm-hmm. we were fans. We were there. And we would boo in the stands when they would go one, two, three out. Boop. Defense is back out there. 
one, two, three out, boop, defense is back out there. And that's where it started to get real frustrating as a fan because we weren't really putting anything together that it was that crazy. And, and I know it's a new league and everybody's like, oh, well, this and the third. Well, everybody's on that same new league, same new team, same new everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody, oh, well, like the, the chemistry is not there yet. Well, of it's the same it's shit for the rest yeah. of the teams. They're putting it together. We, the, the excuses have got to stop. Yeah. We, we've got to put like together. I said, we got to like put on the field. Fifth week, like the fourth week, the fifth week, that's when it really started to get frustrating too because you did see the, all, all the other teams start to come together. It was like, come on. We saw some chemistry. We definitely did. Um, but it just it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I think coaching went into it too. But, you know, salute to everybody that made this a thing, made it possible, because they all worked their ass off. But every, every it comes down to everything, every little aspect of it. There's so many variables. Um, but going consistently, I agree with Coach, going consistently with the, oh, you know, we can't, it's hard to have chemistry. We're a new team. That's crazy. You can't you can't use that the whole season. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I'll obviously get into the rest of the offensive statistics here shortly, but I do want to say this. So I'm not looking for excuses. I'm just going to look at what was really in front of us because you're right. Every team started training camp in the same situation. Everyone was brand new to the league. You know, there had no veterans from the year before, right? There's nothing really established. Everyone's learning in the same window. Everyone started playing at the same exact times. Not like certain teams had bye weeks in week one. So I get it. That's fair. I'm going to take a look at what we were seeing, okay? All right? We know half the league had first-year head coaches, right? We know half the league did not. So that isn't even a full excuse to look at. It's, you know, Coach Buck being a first-time head coach. You look at it, okay. Right from the get-go, Coach Buckley said he was going to play two quarterbacks. So he's going to dress two, right? And he told you which one was not going to be in the mix. So we knew it was going to be week one, X and Lynch, Quentin Dormady. So we know Paxton Lynch was a starter. Quentin Dormady eventually came in the second half. And what do we see for the first couple of weeks? It essentially was the theme. Somebody was going to be the starter and somebody wasn't. Well, in the week two shuffle, we had a ass, just a, I don't, I want to say ass nine, part of my language, um, situation pop up where all of a sudden there was a playbook situation with Dormady and he was being released from the team and the league, the league had to get involved to do a whole thing with, you know, investigation and dive into it. Well, you know, that shakes up a locker room, right? And everyone's starting to look at excuse. So now we're kind of like compromised going into the week two game against, you know, the, the Brahmas people. Come on. You weren't the only one sharing rooms with other people and come find out it wasn't even true. So that probably added a little bit. Eventually, when that all got put behind them, Normandy obviously showed enough in the second half of that week one game. And I said right then and there, I mean, if anyone wants to listen back to player 54, that's the quarterback. He he did better without run support. For whatever reason, they shifted, just didn't give him the run. And if they give him the run support, I think it would have been perfectly fine. So when they came around, they also give a better play caller. Shane Matthews, the quarterback coach, ended up becoming the play caller before it was the offensive coordinator, which obviously that wasn't working. So there were some fundamental shifts and some issues that clearly got ironed out. I don't think every team had because the controversy, the scandal, whatever you want to call it, nobody else dealt with that where they almost just got rid of a quarterback and come find out that was the guy that was your savior all along. So it's just kind of funny how, you know, that kind of played out. So, but I'll, I'll dive right back into the rest of these. So I had said passing yards, we were second in the league, first in the South, passing touchdowns tied for third in the XFL, first in the South, um, rushing yards, second in the league, first in the South, receiving touchdowns tied for third in the league, first in the South, rushing yards, um, they were fifth in the league, second in the South, and um, as far as rushing TDs, third in the XFL, second in the South, total touchdowns tied for third, first in the South. So that when you just stop and you look offensively, it is hard to believe that they only won one game. Now, whatever issues there were, okay, they had a problem snapping the ball, right? Right from center, getting it in backs and Lynch's hands there for a while. That was yeah. kind of all season long. They had a lot of, you know, just holdings and false starts, 
and stuff. So that's the one thing I wish they really had was the penalties. Uh-huh. I think that really, really hurt them. Absolutely. Do you, not to cut you off, Mike, but do you guys remember the the week one the fumbles? The amount of fumbles there were. It was I was I remember that now. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these guys can't hold this ball. Is it a slippery ball? I remember like saying, like, is their gloves wet? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Everything is just slipping. Um that Houston that eventually gets I remember that week <laughs> one. Man. Yeah, Houston definitely wasn't. But every other team, I promise you, they they, they had to have been at least one or two. It was ridiculous. Probably more. Coach? Yeah, sorry. I was <clears throat> trying to see if there was a stat on on um, on the fumbles and interceptions because it, it is crazy to really think all the numbers you threw out right there um, of uh, how we're not – we weren't that far down on that tier list you know we were like what top four in almost every category out of eight teams i mean that's kind of crazy i mean if you want to really average it out maybe like to where or like if you average it out maybe like third and how we couldn't put it together was it red zone that killed us were we terrible in the red zone were we throwing too many interceptions were we throwing like what was let's see we led just passing here tied for third on the year for interceptions interceptions yeah I mean, we were right on par, tied with Arlington for, uh, you know, the third worst. I mean, so you, you, that's what I mean. Like, your third worst. Arlington's tied. Houston had one more interception than we did. Obviously, yeah. Seattle was just a high-flying enough offense that it was, like, uh, at 13. But if I, I want to find the uh, fumbles. But either way, I know that there's things that hindered us. It's obviously going to be the turnover battle. The battle we weren't in a good position. But Arlington... Made the postseason. Houston made the postseason, so interceptions didn't hinder them. But I wouldn't say that this year was a complete. I mean, obviously the schedule says. I mean, <clears throat> not the schedule, but the uh, the standings say otherwise. You know, with one win, we couldn't put it together. We couldn't finish games when we really needed to. But when you really look at the numbers, like I I'd said it. I think episode one, we were right there. On everything, I kind of, I think I kind of went over some of these stats, episode one, and we were right there. It's just finishing. It, it's, it's what me and my, me and my coaches, at the high school level right now, what we're, we're, we're preaching. You know, you have to finish the mission. You can't get into the red zone three times and then not score. What do you expect is going to happen? You can't be an offensive team and then your defense. Let's say they get an interception or, you know, whatever they do, they stop the team and then you come out there offensively and you go one, two, three out. Now you got to put that same defense that just worked their tail off to get out there and make another stop. And then it's vice versa. You can't have an offensive team that's going out there scoring touchdowns and doing good stuff. And then your defense is just letting up like a wet piece of paper. So it was, I think. Looking, you know, looking at all the numbers, Dormandy clearly was the better. I mean, he had a better. Do we know how many games each one of them played? Do we have that? Well, you won't have complete games. I'd have to dive into the box score of each game. But when I looked earlier, I know that Dormandy played in seven different games. We got to keep in mind in game one, week one, he only came in the second half, so he wasn't the starter that game. So, I mean, you're going to count that as a game played, but it wasn't as a starter, and they were already well behind at that time, which is why I think they went away from the run, so he didn't have run support, or Paxton Lynch did it. And the running backs actually did pretty well. If you look in the first quarter in the run support they had at that time, so, but once you're behind, it's just the game plan, right? You're no longer playing conservative. Now you're playing catch-up. And we know that this league is set up with win bonuses, so I want to just be all right with just saying, hey, we'll just take the W or, or the loss already. Everyone wants that W. Everyone wants that extra 1000 bucks or so in their paycheck because these guys are not millionaires. Well, they're still trying to make a living and trying to you know, get that next opportunity with the National Football League. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because our, our, rush, our rushers, each of them – you had you had Martin with 258 yards, and then you had um, 
Darrington with 300. Two, 294. That's not a bad rushing group right there. It's not a bad rushing group. Um, Dormandy definitely is. It, it should be the starter. And, and, and from here on out, I don't think Lynch should be it at all. Well, we'll get into it. Lynch is no longer with the team. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. We'll get into that in the third He can round. throw. He can throw. Don't get me wrong. He can throw the damn ball. I think he's got – would you say he has a better arm with that distance throw? Because he had some pretty bomb throws. But he was very inconsistent, in my opinion. I know one thing. 100, that 110 attempts and only 66 completed. Um, so Cody Latimer, obviously, I've talked to him back and forth on uh, Instagram and such. He, uh, I think he's retiring after this year. <laughs> he made a post. He he brought it up, and he's he basically stated he's going to play with the Guardians this year. Um, go all out and and try to make it the best he can. He's he's he basically made us a promise that we're we're gonna look a lot better. Um, but yeah, he's I'm pretty sure he's that he's sure that he's going to retire after this year. So that's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's tough news to hear because he was electric. Yeah. I mean, he had some pretty intense catches. He he was the guy, I think. He also you lost some wrong, weight, like, and he was uh, he was he was taunting at going back to wide receiver this year. I'll say that. So, don't get me wrong. I like Rambo, but we know Rambo. He isn't uh, currently available or not with us, or yeah, you know he's currently trying to bounce around into the in the NFL. So well, let's let's do the defensive talk, and we can dive into all the player talk we want, so that we don't <laughs> feel like we have to shorten it up to run back. So we'll just jump right into the defensive uh, talking points here. So. Average points allowed per game, obviously. This is where the Guardians are ranked dead last, eighth in the league, dead last and fourth in the South, averaging 31 points to the, you know, their opponent weekly. And even if you look at who was just ahead of us was the Vegas Viper, or, you know, the Vegas Vipers ranked seventh with 24.6. So it just tells you, you know, they're off about a, a touchdown already. And it was just... That's how far you're already behind. But getting into the tackles, the team was ranked fifth in the XFL, second in the South, 411 behind the Vipers, Defenders, Battlehawks, and Roughnecks. Uh, tackles for a loss, again, dead last in the league, dead last in the division. You know, 41 behind, obviously, everyone. But the surprising thing, the seventh team was the Renegades, where it only had four, four t- tackles for a loss. So, I mean, you look at sacks, dead last in the league, dead last in the division, and uh, there were five fewer than the team, again, who was a renegade. So, you know, I thought the renegades had this solid defense because if you look at their, their games, these were tighter. Things, you know, yeah, lower scoring. The offense was barely pulling things out when they were able to win. So, I mean, like, I'm thinking, right. man, again, I wanted to put those little bullet points in there because the renegades is who got the playoff spot. When you're just a few behind, it wasn't like, okay, the teams it clearly made it, and I know that the Renegades had a losing record going in, you know, into the postseason, but you go to takeaways, again, dead last. The lead dead last in the division, you know, and that's that's where again, and I and I'm not trying to beat this dead horse. Our defense was just not there, which was surprising being the coach that the, that they had or have um, for our defense. See, when you excuse me, when you're when you're only at 14 sacks in the entire season, that's you typically one of your guys stats for an entire season in the NFL. 14. Now, granted, I know this is different. You still had the Roughnecks with 35. So, I know it's different. But when you're not giving adequate pressure, right, it all comes down. When that D-line giving that adequate pressure to pressure that quarterback to make him throw something that he probably shouldn't have, but you're rushing him and he's throwing it in a panic, 
right? Now your corners get that action. Now we get that interception. That's why we led the league in the fewest interceptions, correct? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm looking. Three interceptions, right? When your D-line is giving that pressure, when your D-line is giving the pressure to pressure that quarterback to make him make a stupid mistake, that's where your interceptions get a little bit higher. Because then if you look, the Roughnecks are at 12. Second in the league. They also had the most sacks in the league, right? Now you look at tackles for a loss, right? TFLs. Those are huge. You want those. Those are just as good as a sack. We're the worst in the in the league. Again, you're just, it wasn't there. The pressure up front was not there. The pressure up front was not there. And... <clears throat> I don't know if it's we got to add some more blitz packages. I don't know if we just have to revamp that whole defensive line. And again, I know you said we're going to kind of go over who we're losing, who we're going to try and add, da, 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 da. But that I think that where it should all start is a revamp or retraining on that defensive line. Because if that defensive line isn't giving that adequate pressure, right, I tell my guys all the time, I don't want you to get a sack. I want you to get a sack fumble. That changes the pace of the game. That changes the way the game will be played, right? You've now pulled the momentum out of their hands and put it into your hands. If I sack him, yeah, that's great. But he can just get a nice bomb off the next play, and now that sack is irrelevant. It's just another stat. But if I sack him and strip the ball out of his hands, well, now my offense has got a chance to go score, probably in favorable position. So I always tell my guys, you need we need to change the pace, not the pace. We have to change the momentum of the game. So when you're going to get your stat, try and add to it. Strip that ball out. Give your brothers a chance to score. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So let's just think about, there was an article that came out in the Orlando Sentinel from, I believe it was Sophia Veasley. And she interviewed Coach Buck, and this is probably about two months ago or something like that. And she had quoted, you know, where Coach Buck had admitted, you know, some philo- you know philo- philosophical things coming into the season. Where he was like, "All right, I'm thinking we need a young team, right? We, the younger we are, this is a developing league. We can kind of have younger guys going into year after year, and they'll kind of growing." And he and his staff didn't quite think about well we still need to be a team to compete in the here and now right so yes we had Latimer yes we had like guys like Paxton Lynch that had NFL experience and whatnot so it's not that we were a bunch of 22 23 24 year old players so that's definitely not the case there's gonna be a different outlook coming into 2024 so I think maybe we'll see a little bit more veteran you know, maybe we won't be looking so much development. It is a developmental league. I know that's a whole purpose, a whole premise behind right, Player right, 54. Right. I get it, but I think him and the coaching staff kind of realized, you know, the personnel could have been a little bit different. Obviously, it's easy to say that when things don't finish well. When you finish one and nine, you're like, we got to tweak some things. So I think that's definitely something to keep in mind because as we start diving into these players, then – not everyone signed because they, you know, shifted the rosters up to 90 players here in the off season. And so there's a bunch of rights, but we'll have to see how that plays out as we get into camp and, and signings actually start to happen. So if we're ready, we could dive into third down here with key departures. Uh, does anyone else want to be the talking point on this or do you want me to kind of just keep going? Do your thing, Mike. <laughs> Mike, your voice not... is beautiful. <laughs> we all just want to hear you. <laughs> got a voice for radio, but my face is not for TV. Sorry, <laughs> folks. So with key departures, obviously, I had alluded to that quarterback Paxton Lynch was waived during the season, and he was acquired by the San Antonio Brahmas when the Brahmas were going through their slew of injuries at the quarterback position as they were trying to close out the year, still make a run for the playoffs. Uh, we also released Tremaine Washington, the uh, cornerback. He was released because he ended up signing with the CFL Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And then we also sure. lost 
tight end Jordan Thomas. He had signed with the Carolina Panthers of the National Football League, and which ended up on a practice squad. But we had gotten into it in episode number one, I believe, where he was a tight end but converted to linebacker. So that's yeah. a very interesting thing. But we won't dive into that so much because that's an enigma in and of itself, I think, because he probably hasn't played defense since high school or something like that. But anyway, you know, kudos to him. We also lost defense alignment, Kevion uh, Patton, who had signed with the Atlanta Falcons. So he was released to sign with the the Falcons. However, he's currently a free agent. So just keep in mind, the Guardians own his rights within the XFL, but that doesn't mean he's under contract anymore. So right now he's technically not under contract. We also lost wide receiver Charleston Rambo, who had signed. He was released so he could sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. He went on the IR has since been released, so technically he's a free agent. Again, we hold his rights within the XFL. He's no longer under contract, so no guarantee there. And we know these guys are still going to try to latch on to National Football League teams if they can. We also have two more players that were released, Ryan, uh, tight end Ryan Becker and offensive lineman Brett Boyko. So, thoughts on what we see for departures? So as I look at this beautiful list you put together here, my friend, you did your due diligence there. That's right. <laughs> Listen, it is <clears throat> it is a compliment in my in my eyes to really see how many people you know um, are uh, getting that shot to the next level because ultimately that's what we want. You know, we want good football. Yes, of course. We want people to. We want to. In, we want us to be entertained. But at the same day, let's let these guys get paid, man. They've been doing this for a long time. They didn't get their shot. They didn't, whatever the the situation may be. But what you see, if you really go back to it, the majority of these people on this list are that offense. That offense was nice. Going through it. <clears throat> Excuse me, going through it, that offense was clicking and was key. Um, and that and that speaks volumes to what that offense really did do. Not so much on the defensive side. <laughs> There's not a lot of guys there. Some people did move, like we talked about the the the, the anomaly there. What's his name? The guy that moved Thomas. from offense. Yeah, I did a deep dive on him. We went in. We went into a, a, a into a, a deep hole, and I looked and looked and looked, and there was no stat anywhere that showed he ever played defense. That was crazy. That's just one of those crazy things where a player maybe, you know, does something better at at at, at camp. So, I think it's awesome. I really do. I love. I love the fact that all these people are getting a chance and getting a shot to go play somewhere, um, because that's what I want. You know, I coach kids and my kids, I want them all to get the D1 offers. Is it realistic? No, but at least to get a shot to go play and continue their career and try and be something better. Um, I think we should try and be better than the CFL and try not to lose people to the CFL because I don't think the CFL is a step up from us. I know we're a new league, but I think if we can just all this merger shit and all that. I know it kind of throws a, a, a wrench in there, but if we can become a nice, stable unit, I don't want to see people lose people to the CFL. I'd like to keep them here and then only possibly lose them to the NFL. Well, it's tough. The CFL pays better. I know. You know, it, I know. It's, you know we have to be fair to these guys because – you know, you look at the was it the average player that plays in the National Football League. It's not that long. I think it's something like four years, five years, maybe. It's I mean, and that might be high. I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm trying to go off what I've heard in the past. I mean, you even think about just injuries that happen to guys. You know, you can be out there for a year or two, and you never know. One hit, and it could be over. And you know, it's just I get it. These guys have got a lot of time committed into the game from their youth college and whenever they get to being pro and maybe you know everyone's family situation is different it's not just what you got to do for yourself for the time being or your immediate family but it could be your extended family if you need the help so i try not to hold that against anybody 
I bet you there's circumstances as to why the Guardians and the XFL felt it was necessary to let Tremaine Washington, you know, go and let him go sign with the CFL. And we have seen it with a couple other guys. There was an offensive lineman with the Sea Dragons, and there was uh, the linebacker there, uh, Sakney, um, from the Renegades that have all gone on and, and signed with teams. So maybe that's an understanding, or maybe there was a clause in these deals that allowed them out so they could go back with the understanding that they come back when the CFL season's over. So I'm not going to try to read too much into it. It's it's kind of tough because it does feel like you're losing somebody. Um, but it, it could be something that was agreed upon, but it could be also financial. There could be a number of factors. And again, I can't fault anybody that's trying to better themselves or, their, or you know, better themselves for their family. So 3.3 years is the average Ooh, yeah, NFL, the NFL career. <clears throat> that's actually kind of, Kind of scary. Well, that could be just because, you know, there's always new draft class coming out. You're just barely on the squad, and the next youth class comes in, kind of beats you out or something. So, you know, it's always always difficult. And injuries are a real thing, too. Deuce, uh, what are you thinking when when you see this this squad, uh, this number of players that are no longer with the team? I think it's a a great thing, man. Like you said, it's a developmental league. That's what you want. It's, um, it, it, I'm not going to lie to you. It does hurt. Like Jordan Thomas, for instance, he gave us some of the best highlights of our season. Like, like the Blandino from, you know what I mean? Mac Brown, the Jordan Thomas, it was insane. Um, he gave us some of the best, even when he caught over buddy's helmet, that was, that was nuts. He gave us some of the best highlights, bro. And, and to see him go, obviously you're super, super hyped for him. But at the same time, it does hurt a little bit. It, it's going to sting because you want the team to kind of remain somewhat together. They, they, they're taking all the guys, basically, that ha- did end up having chemistry. And and we've seen that. Like, we legitimately saw that. Um, just like Coach said, I don't think did, none of our guys from defense got an opportunity, did they? I'm not making that up. There was, I think, a few. Yeah, yeah. Peyton signed with oh, the Pat, Pat. Yep, 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 Pat. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, Pat. Um, yeah, but shouts out to him, man. He was an absolute animal, too. But one guy can't yeah. make up an entire defense. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, it's great to see the guys go. I Obviously, it hurts a little bit. But, no, I'm totally hyped for everybody from every team from the XFL because that's how big of fans we were. I'm super hyped to see all those guys go. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way for it. That, that's what makes the, uh, the league a little bit more interesting, too, is because every year things will get shaken up. It's not like you're going to have dynasty teams. Every year, things are going to get shaken up. So it makes it interesting. It always makes it like a brand new, fresh start every season, or at least should. We're not exactly sure how that's going to work out yet, but it should feel like almost a brand new start. Yes, yeah, so you might still have a little bit of chemistry left in your team, and the guys that didn't have it last year might get to show even more now because there is chemistry. So by season three or four, who knows how these teams are going to look or work. Um, who knows what the coaching staff's going to look like? So even the coaches have opportunities. So it's it's totally cool. I'm all the way for it. That's a, so we you said caveat, <clears throat> Mr. Patton, right? Yeah, caveat Patton. That's interesting, man. Because I'm looking at his stats, man, and out of all the defensive players, like yeah, not he's pretty mid. <laughs> He's pretty. You know, he's made on our team. I mean, (laughs) coach, let's look at it this way, though. And I don't have it in front of me. And maybe I should go back and watch the YouTube uploads now because it's no longer on ESPN Plus, folks. But you'd have to go back and watch the games and start to focus in on a couple of these guys because he might have been drawing double teams. Right. Guys were. And I mean, like, so I don't want to say that's what happened here because it's not. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the footage to kind of do a deeper dive. And maybe we should have done that before we had this discussion to be fair. (laughs) But, um, you know, unfortunately we did not. I want to kind of point at a couple things here because you had alluded to Cody Latimer mentioning how he'd, you know, slimming down and there's talks maybe going back to receiver. We lost two tight ends here. And if Cody Latimer is not going to be a tight end, Obviously, we're in the market. We're looking for some guys at tight end potential here for 2024. So now that isn't I mean, just a guarantee. Look at I did see him kind of like taunting at it a little bit, but that's that's, gotcha. that's just hearsay. That's just what I've seen off of his post. 
Right. Well, but I mean, it's just something to keep in mind because we can head in the fourth down now. Um, just got to keep in mind, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show. Now, key additions. So keep in mind here, additions don't mean signings, right? It just means one way or another, you know, we have rookie draft, which I'll kind of get into here first. We have offensive lineman Jeremy Cooper out of Cincinnati, linebacker Yoshi Eldridge out of Texas Tech, defensive lineman Terry Hampton out of Arkansas, defensive lineman K.D. Hill out of Mississippi, offensive lineman Jarrett Horst out of Michigan State, Def- uh, defensive back Darius Joyner out of Duke, linebacker Jaquez Jones out of Kentucky, Defensive back, Aaron Kinsler Jr. out of Elkhorn State. Defensive lineman, Brock Martin out of Oklahoma State. And offensive lineman, LaQuinston Sharp out of Mississippi State. Uh, Moving into another uh, undrafted rookie rights acquired. We had Bo Bauer, linebacker Bo Bauer out of Notre Dame. Running back, uh, Date. Dietrich Harrington, sorry, Dietrich, if I'm saying your name wrong. Harrington out of Appalachian State. Wide receiver Stacy Marshall out of Marshall. Defensive back Shea Pitts out of UCLA. Wide receiver Zane Pope out of Fresno State. We have offensive lineman Tremond Shorts out of LSU. Offensive lineman Bryson Spays out of North Carolina State. The list just keeps going on. We got combine participants, rights acquired. We had wide receiver Dallas Daniels out of Jackson State. Defensive lineman uh, Roderick Young out of North Texas. Defensive lineman Maurice Green out of Stonehill College. Linebacker Vincent uh, Dileo uh, II out of Delaware Dell State. That's a D3. Kudos to a D3 player. Defensive back Chris Bacon out of Bowling Green. Defensive back Cordell Jackson out of Austin Pay, who just played in the uh, IFL. I believe it was the Frisco Fighters last year. Other rights acquired. Man, this list just keeps going on. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it t- t- took me a little time to compile this list. Uh, wide receiver Keaton uh, uh, Thompson out of Virginia. Wide receiver Travis Rudolph out of Florida State. Wide receiver Andrew Parchment out of Florida State. The end, uh, Chris Odom out of Arkansas State. Cornerback Shaman Moore out of Weber International. Running back Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. Wide receiver Travon Grimes out of Florida. Linebacker Jerry Gardner out of Mississippi Valley State. Uh, cornerback Chris Campbell out of um, Penn State. Linebacker Marquez uh, Bremery out of UConn. Wide receiver Reggie Todd out of Troy. Wide receiver uh, Stephen Goodry out of Mississippi State. Golly Other wide receiver Shockey. And Shockey Jackis <laughs> Lewis out of Akron. Quarterback, here we go, quarterback Todd uh, Centino out of uh, James Madison. Fullback Suo... I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Anyone want to take a shot at that? I'm starting to think you're uh, just reading out of the phone book, man. It pretty much <laughs> is. Uh, Texas Christian, and then one waiver pickup, defensive lineman Travon Mason, who had played with the Roughnecks last season. I'm sorry. It's a lot to take in. Um, you know what's interesting? No tight ends. No way. Hey, Jack, yeah, thanks we'll for stopping no, no, no. Yeah, I don't see any tight in the building. Yeah, that's interesting, especially because we lose two, and uh, we might lose another one. <laughs> now, granted, there's still we still have our draft, correct? Yeah, so there's supposed to be two more drafts. Right, October fourth, there should be another draft, and then there's supposed to be a supplemental draft which is usually done at the very end of December, early January, just as camp is kind of happening. So those are usually more, that supplemental is usually focused on players coming out of the National Football League, whether they had ties to practice squads, whatever. So there's always that opportunity to pick up maybe key positions if that's you got your eye on certain players. Maybe you've had discussions with them in the past or something. Who knows? So I'm not trying to act like, oh, the world's 
you know, in bad shape for the Guardians. But it is interesting when you kind of start to look at the loss of two. And those are both guys that obviously, you know, Ryan Becker, the guy that had NFL experience before, or Thomas was a beast. So I, I don't know. So when you look at these, is there anybody that really stands out to you? I, I can't say there is, man. <laughs> I really can't. But that's not saying much. I don't pay a ton of attention to college football. I, I, I've i never have. So that's not saying much for me. I don't know, Coach. You're probably in the college football, right? And none of those guys are sticking it, out Yeah, there. it's it's just hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just hard because most of your popular guys, right, your, your high flyers, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Right, and what we're gonna get here from the XFL are like those guys that didn't get that many, that much of a chance, and that's what you're gonna have to pay attention to if you want to know most of the people that we're talking about right now. Um, but it doesn't mean they're not gonna turn into something. Yeah, all all somebody needs is a shot, and honestly, looking at me, um. Look at the list on my phone. Let me know in the chat what you guys are thinking, man. How do you feel about the drafts? Um, well, is there anybody yeah. that's you know signing to your team that you're excited about? It's it's hard to say, man, especially with it going into year two and knowing the draft just happened for the NFL, and it really is just kind of a trickle down. It, if these guys didn't get minutes to play and didn't get opportunities to play, who's to say you know they could be super exciting? Who knows? So I will say this, wide receiver Travis Rudolph out of Florida State. He actually was on the path to playing for like the New York Giants and stuff like that. He had some legal troubles that came up that ultimately he was cleared of. So I would think that's a guy to keep an eye on. Again, remember, these are rights acquired. They're not necessarily under contract. So hopefully that's something the Guardians can get, you know, ink to paper on with Rudolph. Uh and I'm going to say Cordell Jackson here. I know he played in the IFL for the Frisco Fighters. But when you look at what he was able to do there, indoor game, it's not the same as traditional outdoor football. I get it. But he, as a rookie, stacked some honors. I mean, he was, I believe, rookie defensive rookie of the year. I think he was first team, all defensive team. And, you know, if you go back and watch some of his, his footage, um, he's actually pretty interesting of a prospect. So that'd be, that'd be something I keep an eye on because I think we could use some DB help as coach had alluded to only three interceptions last year. might, you know, we could probably use a little help back there. Now that's not all on the DBs, right? Getting pressure up front, probably important, but I, you know, if I look at, I would say those two and I don't have his statistics in front of me, but if I recall another wide receiver to keep an eye is, uh, 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 Stephen uh, Goodry there out of Mississippi State. I'd have to go back. It's a name that does pop to me. So, um, oh, yeah, I, I want to go back and you know, and not fresh off the top of my mind, but uh, you know that feels like somebody that we should be happy to have. Well, and you see <clears throat> from, I mean, I know this isn't the the list isn't in no particular order, correct? It's just. It was just as it was listed when I pulled gotcha. them up. I mean, I could have, yes, I could have taken more time. Um, it was no, 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 time. no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you see, at least in the first, I don't know if you want to call them picks or however they did this, it, D-line, 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 linebacker, defensive back, defensive back, defensive back, linebacker. I mean, you're, you're talking the, the first, like, 20 of these is something, you know, like at least 15 of them are almost defensive players. And that's where we needed the biggest help. That's where we needed the most, um, the most improvement, mm-hmm. improvement. And now granted you saw all the guys we lost. A lot of it was offensive, offensive players. So hopefully we can just <clears throat> kind of, just bring somebody in that next man up mentality, step up, do your job. But the defense, I'm happy to see that most of the defensive players that were take most of the most of the players that were taken were a lot of them were defensive players, which is to me is a beautiful sight because that does show that they know what's wrong. 
I mean, obviously they're not stupid. They're not dumb. These coaches are not dumb. They've made it this far, you know, but they're trying to fix it. And I love that because it just shows that we're trying to go into a, um, but it is a young, it, it does look like it's still going to be a younger um, defense. Again, it's just going to wait, see what happens with the supplemental draft. Those that are coming off of NFL contracts, whether it's, you know, practice squads or whatever, because they're, that's, you know, a higher level. That's that echelon of what we're seeing leaving the league. Not everyone latches into the active three player roster in the national football league. They end up, most of them end up on like practice squads. So that's the chance that you could get some of those guys back. Like technically Jordan Thomas could be available to come back. If that's the case, maybe we are able to get him because we hold his rights, even though he's released. Um, again, have to see how that all works out. There's a lot to be determined with these drafts. Um, and how that who shines, who doesn't, but then, you know, not to circle back on that merger. There's a lot to be determined. Again, we don't have anything concrete. So, but business as usual, as we move forward here, um, you know, it's, it's always good to see players that put their hat, in the rings for things. So even if you don't have them signed, there are people that have some interest in the XFL. These are guys that have some interest in obviously playing and, uh, that's that's encouraging, and there's a lot of names here, and obviously more yet to be added. So, yeah, and like and like you said, I know we we didn't want to talk really about this merger, but if that does happen and teams do have to close, <clears throat> you're gonna have a a, a a copious amount of players kind of sitting around that don't deserve to be sitting around. So hopefully we can scoop in. I I think we need veteran defensive players maybe all right we need it we definitely need a veteran defensive lineman and a veteran linebacker that's that'll be key for the guardians having a veteran defensive lineman and a veteran linebacker what's up i i need a shirt made bro i need one that just says hubs are not the answer please please (laughs) and i'll just leave it at that But it having having uh now nah, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> All right, it's probably best that we steer away from the merger talks because no, no, yeah, I, know, it's not, it's not, it's not merger. It's just we need this team when the draft is coming up. If we can try and focus on grabbing a, a few veteran guys for that defense to help these young pups, you know. In the you right direction. Leader. Yeah, you need a leader in the in the fucking yeah. locker room, man. Excuse my language, Jesus. We I made it yeah. through the whole episode, Mike. The whole episode, right at the end. Add a parental advisory right. sticker on it. <laughs> we we add that veteran leadership to that defense. It's gonna be nice, and you put a nice veteran offense alignment up there. Those are the three key places I think we need veterans. Two minute warning. The rest can figure it out. So, Coach, it's never too early to put together your Christmas list. Tell Santa what you want for Christmas and tell him to deliver it with a nice big red bow on it. Well, in this case, a nice big neon bow, neon green. Um, I don't know where you deliver it, but we can deliver it right to your house because that way you know what we got it. I'll have him deliver it to uh... Arlington. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say the, the the camp camping world, but they don't even practice there, so it's got to be Arlington. <laughs> Attention, like CC Coach Buck, right. T Buck, A T Buck. Oh man, yeah. So well, you know, we got a couple minutes here. It doesn't hurt to wrap up. Anyone, you know. I see there's a bunch of things in the chat anyway, so I appreciate all those that have tuned in and that are, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't really read much of them to see what was going on. But, yeah, definitely let us know what you guys think, you know, what you'd like to see on future episodes. We kind of have some ideas of what we want to do moving forward, particular episodes. But, you know, the landscape is shifting. We kind of feel the earthquake underneath our feet a little bit. Um, there's a sinkhole developing here in Florida I, I don't know about. But, anyway... There's a lot happening, uh, and we'll have to try to keep an eye and cover what might be popping up as uh, it warrants. So, otherwise, give us some ideas. We got some things in the long off season. 
Absolutely. Let me get an embrace the neon in the chat real quick, man. Embrace the neon. Let me see that in the chat. Um, With that being said, too, if you guys are looking to be guests on the show, you guys are interested in maybe popping up and, 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 you know, talking XFL with us, uh, just let us know. You guys can reach out to the Neon Green Mafia page on Facebook. If you message that, one of us will get back to you and we'll, we'll line it up, schedule it, make it happen. Again, October 7th, the showcase in Orlando, if you're in the area, uh, we're going to have food, drinks, prizes for whoever wants to partake in whatever nonsense I could put together. Um, and we're going to have fun, man. We're going to go out there, show our support for the XFL, and then do our thing. That's what we're here for. Don't forget, we also have a Discord. You guys are more than welcome to join. You guys want us to bring up, talk about, you can also ask us there as well. To join the show, we would more than love to have y'all. Um, you need a signature drink. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Melon liquor. Oh, I don't know if I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but nevertheless, I think one of the topics, and this is just me putting it out there, the chat can decide we should have a poll, maybe even have a live poll on the next episode. And at the end of the episode, we figure out what the hell the cat is on this damn hat. <laughs> I I think we need right there, yeah. On his shirt. <laughs> it's I, a Hellcat, man. What we could do, actually, what we could do, if you go to our Discord or if you comment on this thing or whatever, right? Everybody put their ideas, and then we just host a live poll throughout the oh, show. Yeah, yeah we can do it. Whoever gets the most episodes, bada boom, bada bing, we are calling it. <laughs> That's what it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah, we can I do think that. it's a panther. I'm, just, I'm going with a panther. You know what? We I'm can... going with the Hellcat. <laughs> I don't know what a Hellcat is, but I'm just going with a Hellcat. It looks like it the Hellcat logo, man. It looks yes. like it. I can't help so, it. But with that being said, man, I appreciate y'all, man. Shouts out to Mike. Shouts out to Coach. Showing up every time. Doing that thing. Super informative. I am the least informative person you probably meet. And uh, I'm just here for personality. How you doing? We're out of here. Uh, Mike, you got anything else? Hey, embrace the neon. Embrace, embrace the neon. neon. Your friends at the Neon Green Mafia want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to turn on that notification so you don't miss an episode. Embrace the Neon.